Hi, everybody. This is Pastor Tim from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire. This is our weekly podcast of the sermon from the prior Sunday. Normally at this time, I have invited everybody to join us for worship at 8, 30, and 11. Uh, but right now we're in the midst of the global pandemic, and so we are not having worship in our building at 8, 30, and 11. Instead, you can find us online doing virtual worship using Zoom. You can find the information for all of that on our website at www.htelc.com. You can also like us on Facebook. And uh, those are the two primary ways in which to find our links to have worship with us. So it doesn't matter where you are, as long as you have an internet connection, you can join us for worship. So thank you for listening. We hope that you find the sermon meaningful and purposeful, that it connects to your life and how you interact with the world. And most of all, it reveals God's infinite love for you and all of creation. Our gospel reading is from Matthew. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so they might go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds and all ate and were filled. And they took what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. As Pastor Gherkin uh, mentioned earlier, she has spoken to us uh, several times. Last year, she was uh, leading us in the Reconciliation and Christ discussion on what the terms LGBTQ mean. She's currently the executive director of the Extraordinary Lutheran Ministries, an organization whose mission statement believes the public witness of gender and sexual minority ministries transform the church and enriches the world. She's from Massachusetts, Attleboro, attended Wheaton College. Uh, she decided that once the uh, ELCA allowed LBGTQA plus persons to be, serve as leaders of the church, that she would become a pastor and attended Lutheran Theological Seminary in Berkeley. She currently lives in uh, Portland, as she mentioned, and she was called in 2015 to serve as a pastor of Faith Lutheran Church. Miracle stories like the one in our gospel reading this morning elicit wonder for me. Mostly this time I'm wondering about the disciples. I wonder if there really was enough food and the disciples were just nervous that if everyone stayed for supper, they wouldn't be able to eat as much as they had become accustomed to. And so they wanted everyone to go home and eat their own food. I wonder if they were exhausted after a day of playing bouncer for Jesus as the crowds came by the thousands to be healed and so they just wanted a break. I wonder if there really wasn't enough. 
being the meager fishermen and tradesmen that they were, they probably didn't have much of a salary. And one loaf of bread probably had to last them a good while before someone took pity on them and offered them more food. I wonder also about this idea of enough. I think enough is a very human idea, not divine. Think about it. Does the creation story say, and then God said, I will create just enough so that people will have to barter and go to war over resources? Or does Jesus say, I came that they may have life and have it meagerly, just getting by, really? Well, I'll tell you, the answer is a big fat no. But if you read the newspapers or just live in the modern Western world, we are very much trained to believe that there is a scarcity of resources. And so we better get what's ours, save it, hold on to it, safely position ourselves so that we have some, even a lot, so that when scarcity sets in again, we're good. You know, it makes me wonder if scarcity exists in and of itself or if the fear of scarcity actually produces scarcity. It's like a demon in a novel or a bad dream that the very thought of it and our reaction to it strengthens it instead of destroying it. Is there enough? Am I willing to share? What was it that made Jesus willing to share? It wasn't some altruistic value or declaration like, ah, I have come to earth for such a time as this. Make way so that I might make a miracle happen so people know how special I am. Most often, Jesus stumbles upon his miracle opportunities, with perhaps the only exception being the cross. So what is it that compels Jesus to act? Compassion. Matthew, the gospel writer this morning, says that it's compassion. Professor Rolf Jacobson from Luther Seminary in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, he writes that interpreters love to point out that the Greek verb here is esplakanisti, normally translated as had compassion, really refers to a gut-wrenching, intestinal twisting, visceral emotion of care. In the Gospels, he says, it is never simply an emotion. It is a deep emotion that moves Jesus or another to a saving action. It moves the so-called Good Samaritan to save the beaten man. It moves Jesus to heal one man and raise a woman's dead son. It moves a waiting father to have mercy on his prodigal son. And so on. Here, Dr. Jacobson says, the deep compassion that Jesus has on the crowd moves him first to heal their sick and then to feed the masses. You know, I read that description and I was like, I've felt that. I think that place where that kind of compassion feeling is felt is the same place I feel such deep love when I look at my wife. It's the same place I have felt such deep sadness and grief when I think about my aunt who died too soon. It's the place where I've had that sinking feeling when I see or hear about tragedies on the news. I know that place. I know that feeling. I know the rational linear thinkers are like, oh God, we're talking about feelings. Jesus started it. Jesus had compassion and that moved him to act. I wonder. I wonder when compassion, which is what moves us to act, turns from a feeling to a value or a principle. Like when do we go from feeling moved at seeing someone who's hungry to not needing to see the person to know that there are hungry people in the world who deserve food? 
I wonder. I wonder if the crowd needed something else, would Jesus have provided it? We know that Jesus turned water into wine at a wedding, so it seems like food and drink are on the checklist. Jesus brought people back to life after death. He healed those who were ill and made them well. I guess I'm sensing a bit of a pattern. But what if it were money? PPE? Would Jesus have worn a mask? Perhaps the better question is, what wouldn't Jesus have given away? or multiplied, or made right. Did Jesus ever withhold? I mean, I couldn't think of any passages, and my quick Google search produced no results, just thousands of articles on the biblical imperative to care and provide care. Jesus wants you to experience the wholeness of body, mind, and spirit that our creator sought from the very start when God called all of creation good. And Jesus wants that for your neighbor as much as he wants it for you. So I wonder, we are not Jesus, but we are Jesus's disciples. And I think this story from Matthew is showing us that we have a choice. We can be the gatekeepers to God's abundance, like the disciples at the start of our story. We can make it so God's abundance only trickles out a pace we control and as we see fit. We can screen people to make sure they're worthy of the blessing and cut them off or cut them out when we think they've had enough. We can say, there's not enough. Or we can get out of the way, as the disciples eventually do with Jesus' encouragement. We can gather people around, encourage them to come near, safely, six feet apart, of course, but to experience the amazing, never-ending, never-running-out love of God. We can let the fire hose of blessings flow and dance in its spray with that beautiful rainbow that appears and reminds us of God's love and promises. We can be the conduit of abundance and the denouncers of scarcity. Are you feeling the feels yet? Or is your critical, rational mind getting in the way and skeptically asking, but is there enough? Like our communities are dwindling, budgets are stretched, there's a pandemic. I will warn you that the demon of scarcity is so hard to see around, but don't feed the demon. Dr. Jacobson reminds us that even when we don't feel like we have that much, next to nothing is Jesus's favorite thing to work with. You are enough. Amen. Amen.